0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the City Baptist Church podcast. We would love to have you join us for a service in person. You can find all the information you need on our website at citybaptist.church.
1: And would you turn with me to the book of Luke chapter number two this morning, the book of Luke chapter two and as we continue our series called the gift and i'm excited to share with you what god has given me for this week and uh it's it's just great to be able to continue this study the christmas season where we focus on the gift that was given to us and jesus christ i hope you're thankful for him today now this may be a little old school but if you're thankful for jesus christ would you just say amen this morning Amen. amen okay man that's you guys are old school i like that that's good That's good to do that and to be reminded. Amen means I agree with that and we're thankful for the Lord and we're thankful for His sacrifice for us, of course, through his son, Jesus. And it really is a gift. It's a gift given to us by God. The fact that he would humble himself and send, as Julius talked about, send his son to become flesh for us so that we might know for sure that heaven is our home. That is an incredible, incredible gift. And I'm excited to continue our study. So far, what we've looked at in the book of Luke, uh, we talked about the announcement of the gift and we saw how the angel came and spoke to Mary and, and presented to her what God was doing in her life and the amazement and, of course, her ultimate surrender. And then last week, what we looked at was the arrival. And we looked at uh, verses 1 through 7 of chapter 2 of the actual arrival and the, the uh, I guess, the, the situation that came around the arrival of Jesus Christ to this earth. And tomorrow, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to continue our study through Luke chapter 2. And we're going to see now today the answer or the response to the incredible gift of a Savior. Now, those of you that are parents, oh, let's forget parents, anybody who's ever given a gift, one of the fun parts about giving a gift is seeing the reaction, right, seeing the response. Now, as a parent, I will have to say there's maybe something that I never experienced until I had my own children, to see their faces when you give them a present that they really, really want. And to me, uh, that's just an exciting part of Christmas, of course, to see their response. And this week, I was thinking back in my life, and I was trying to think about maybe the greatest Christmas present I ever received as a child. Remember last week I talked about the size of the gift and how it actually didn't turn out to be all that I thought it would be? Well, I wanted to think about what would be the best gift. And I was thinking, and there's there's quite a few things that if you look back to your childhood, I could probably ask each of you, what was the best gift you ever received as a child? And for me, there was several that I was thinking about, but there was one that really stood out to me, and it happened in Christmas 1992. How many of you remember the 90s? Actually, a lot of you weren't, how many, I may ask, how many of you weren't born yet in the 90s? Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Now I just feel really, really old. <laughs> a few of you. Uh, but back in Christmas 1992, I was a nine year old boy and I really only had one thought in my mind. And, and to be honest with you, I wanted to show you this commercial so you knew what I was thinking about. <laughs> And this was, I mean, this was my life right here. This is all I wanted to do. I wanted to be one of these people. I wanted to zoom around. I didn't want to wear the tights, but I did want to be this guy. And uh, I, I want you to know that the early 90s, I mean, if you were to have inline skates, rollerblades, you were the man. How many of you remember those? I remember those. And I wanted them really, really bad. Uh, however, for my family, for me to even ask or to think about it, I knew that it wasn't a reality. And you guys can just watch away, Yes. This is a, uh, this next scene, I think, is uh, who I wanted to be. That's who I wanted to be right there. That's, I mean, that's the ultimate right there. I wanted to be those guys. And, and, uh, and my family really couldn't afford it, couldn't make it happen, of course. And, uh, I say, of course, it's just that wasn't what they did buy big Christmas gifts. And, however, that year, uh, something really unique happened. My aunt and uncle in Michigan, and I think I've shared this with you guys before, they bought me rollerblades. And I think this picture kind of sums it up for me. Uh, so you can that is me, by the way. Uh, you can see in my face the excitement of those bright green wheels. And uh, I think they were definitely a knockoff brand, but I didn't care. though to me that was that was the ultimate <laughs> that was the ultimate gift. and I think that picture. Kind of says it all right there. And that's one of the, the fun things about the Christmas season is watching uh, children or others, uh, maybe someone that you saved up a gift for, when you give it to them, just to see them get so excited. And of course, now that we have boys are of our own, I'm looking forward to this Christmas this week and giving them some gifts. I think they'll be surprised, I hope. Uh, and uh, as they see all of this, the amazing amounts of socks and underwear that I bought them throughout the year. I've been buying a pair every other day and they'll just have mountains of it. Um, But it's so interesting that this look, you know, on a kid's face is what drives so many parents to almost bankruptcy every Christmas season, Uh, putting it on the credit card, lots of interest gets paid to all the credit card companies, all because of our desire to see someone's face light up and get excited over a gift, to see their response of a gift. Now in our passage today in Luke chapter number two, what we are going to experience here is how the apostle Luke follows up by giving us a description and some details of the response, or you might say the human answer to the gift of Jesus Christ. And what I want to do for us today is that through these responses, the way that they respond to the gift, we can learn some lessons ourselves how we should also respond when we are confronted with and we are reminded about the gift of Jesus Christ. Now, I mentioned we've already covered Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I just want to remind us real quickly, of course, of how Mary and Joseph, they came to Bethlehem, and there in this passage, we discovered the miracle of God, the miracle that he sent his son to this earth. And as Mary and Joseph were there in that stable, as they were holding that baby, experiencing and understanding here in this moment uh, that they were holding the incarnation, the God becoming flesh himself, I I, I have to wonder what it would have been like to be them, And, and as they held that baby to just have that realization wash over them that this is the very son of God this is the promised Messiah this is the one that all of Israel have been praying for this was in fact the fulfillment of a 700 year old prophecy and now they were there and they were holding this baby to me it's incredible to think about that just just the event and I think as Christians sometimes we become so just callous or apathetic to the thought that they were holding the Savior of the world, the one that you and I have placed our eternity in his hands. The Apostle Paul later on in Philippians described it for us this way when he said, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Here is the explanation of the life of Christ, that he humbled himself, that he came to this earth. He became as a man, not only uh, to reveal himself to mankind, but ultimately to die on the cross for us. Paul here is laying out for us the, re- the reason for the season. The reason we celebrate Christmas today is because Jesus came for a purpose to die on the cross for the sins of the entire world. That's, for our, that's why today we say this was an incredible event. This was an amazing thing that was taking place as God humbled himself in this way. And it was an incredible event, of course. And for Mary and Joseph, who were experiencing it firsthand, it must have been incredible. But what we see as we continue now through the passage is that they weren't the only ones who heard about the coming of Jesus Christ. There was an announcement that was made to some others during this time. And so we look now at verse number 8 as we continue in our study. It says, And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And then notice what it says here. And they were sore, say that word with me, afraid. Okay, so we are introduced here to a different announcement that's taking place. And I want us to just take note real quickly uh, that this announcement is not made to religious leaders, uh, this announcement is not made to the Roman dictators that were over the land at that time, but instead, the announcement of the birth of Jesus Christ the Messiah is given specifically to a group of shepherds on the Judean hillside. Now, if you were a shepherd in uh, this day, in Christ's day, you would recognize that it was not a very, high, a very highly sought after job. Uh, I was trying to think of a, of a comparison today, but honestly, any job's a good job, right? If you're making money, it's a good thing. Uh, but in those days, to be a shepherd was something that a lot of people looked down on, even those who depended on the shepherd for their very food or for their uh, livelihood if they owned a lot of flocks, but they looked down on them and they were not considered to be uh, very high-end people. They were kind of like the low uh, of the low, but yet here they are out in the dark. It says that they're with their sheep, which means they were there because their own sheep are starting to have lambs and you need to be there at a moment's notice to help uh, with them in the lambing season to make sure that you're not going to miss out on anything or, or or predators would come along. But they're in the night that suddenly it says here that the angel appeared bright with glory. And I was thinking about what it would have been like to be out there in that field in complete darkness. And then all of a sudden, like a, you know, 2000 lumen light bulb just psh, right, you know, spotlight shines right on them. I think if they weren't sitting down, they probably fell down and, and fell back. And like, what is happening? You know, today we would have all thought an alien ship, you know, just came through the atmosphere. But for them, I'm sure they didn't know what to expect. But this bright light shines on them and this angel begins to speak. And I really think that they more than likely would have been terrified. And in fact, the verse says that they were sore afraid. That means that they were just, I mean, just absolutely terrified to say the least. Well, then the angel begins to speak in verse number 10 through 11. Look what it says. And the angel said unto them, fear not fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy now if you are ever startled in the middle of the night you want whoever startled you to say it's okay you know Uh, as a as a as a dad whenever your kid comes bursting into the room at three in the morning your immediate thought is oh man somebody threw up you know (laughs) somebody somebody's really sick so it's good when they burst in and say everything's okay and then I say well why are you here then go back to bed but uh, they burnt, the, the angel bursts in and he's like, hey, I'm going to bring you good tidings. These are good things. Don't worry. I'm not here to kill you. He says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So not just the shepherds, but all people. And then verse 11 says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So the angel begins to speak. I'm sure he gave them a few moments to catch their breath. Uh, maybe he wanted to give them a minute to just stop screaming, you know, all of the lambs that immediately went into labor, uh, sheep that went into labor as soon as that light shone, okay, we'll get everything settled, and then he begins to speak to them, and notice what he says, I'm bringing you good news that's going to bring joy to all people, now think about that for a moment, that's a, that's a big announcement. That's a big announcement. I don't know if you've ever burst into your workplace and said, I have good news. And everybody says, donuts? You know, did you bring donuts? No, I have good news for all people. I mean, that's a big announcement here. He says, and he says, there's gonna be a baby that's gonna be born a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, very specifically, I want us to notice the angel here uses some specific words. First of all, he identifies Jesus Christ as being the savior, and that means our deliverer. See, Jesus is our deliverer. He is the one who delivers us from the grip and the hold of sin, He also calls him the Christ, which means the anointed of God, the Messiah of Israel. And then finally, he calls him the Lord, which means supreme in authority. So here's what the angel is describing. He's saying, listen, I want you to recognize that the Redeemer has come. The Savior is here. The one God has become flesh and he is here. He is finally here. He is declaring for us today that Jesus is God. You know, that's one of the first things that we teach our boys. (laughs) Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Because we must recognize that this is not just some human that came to this earth. He is the Savior, He is the Christ, He is the, the One, He is the Lord. That means He's worthy of our worship. That means He is the One who actually is able to save us. And so the angel makes that very, very clear. He came to this world as God. I think we need to take note and recognize that God did not send to us a politician. God did not send us a social justice warrior or strategist. He did not send us somebody with economic wisdom because the world doesn't need any more than that, any more of that. Instead, he sent us a perfect, sinless savior. One who can actually forgive us of our sins and give us a home in heaven because that's what we need that's what this world needs. We need a savior. Now, the shepherds didn't recognize it yet, of course, but the savior that was to come that was being announced would bring peace uh, for those who need it in this life, because we can find new life in our savior, Jesus Christ. And so this is the news that was announced, and he comes and he says, I got good news for you. The good news is that a savior has come. He is worthy. He is God himself. And I want to remind us this morning that whoever you are, Jesus came in the world to save you. I just want to just, let's make that really clear this morning. Jesus came and he came to save you. He came for us today. What a powerful truth this is that he came for me and he came for you. That he might die in our place so that we could live eternally I think of John chapter one and verse 12, just before where Julius read today, it says, but as many received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, Jesus Christ came to be our savior. And if we accept his gift of salvation, the Bible tells us that we can be adopted into his family. Our our eternal uh, life can be secured and it can be secured in him. Now for these shepherds, I'm sure they were pretty excited when they heard this, don't you think? I mean, these are shepherds, right? They're kind of like, just, you know, they, they don't have a lot of exciting things happen, especially during lambing season outside of helping, helping your sheep have lambs, which is, I watched a video of that recently. It's not real great. I just got to say, it's not, a, it's not the, the, the best job ever. But here now they have this angel that has come to them. I'm sure they had heard stories of angels appearing and of, of, of Old Testament appearances of Jesus Christ. I'm sure that they had heard about this. And now they're recognizing that he has come to us. He's come to tell us something pretty incredible. I'm sure they were pretty pumped. The Savior is here. The Messiah is here. I'm sure they're also thinking, how can we find him? Well, he tells us, or the, the, the angel tells them here in verse number 12. He says, and this shall be a sign unto you. I don't know if they yelled out, great, where is he? Here, here's here you go. Here's the sign. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. He gives him two clear, uh, clues here to these shepherds. So they hear the announcement of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And I really do believe that probably the last thing they expected to hear is that you're going to find the Messiah, you're going to find the Lord of Lords and he's going to be wrapped up in some some clothes and he's going to be laying in a food trough for animals. I think even for the shepherds, this probably was an unlikely and a strange thing. I mean, who would put a baby in a food trough, right? Uh, Who would put a baby, I don't know if they thought we should call social services and report the parents, how dare they put them in this, but this again just is a reminder to us of the lowliness of our Savior, the humble situation that he came to this earth in, the fact that the creator and the sustainer of the universe entered human history, not as a military force or as some incredible entity, but as a little baby. Well, the angel didn't give him much time to think about it when he said, this is how you're going to find him as we come to verse 13. It says, and suddenly, that means like, I mean, right away. <laughs> so they're like, okay, he's in, a, he's in a manger or he's wrapped up. That's where he is. And then it says, suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. Now, here's what I want to do. Read verse 14 with me together out loud, all right? We're going to try to emulate what was happening in the night sky. So that means you got to say it like you're an angel, okay? You are one of the heavenly hosts. I just want you to know you are, okay? We will be there one day. So let's, ready? Here we go. Begin. Begin. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That sounded like an elementary school chapel service, you know? Glory in the highest. Let's say it one more time, right? Come on, Chris, I need to hear you. Ready? Here we go. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Okay, that was awesome. You guys did really good. I should have had you all come and stand up here and then go back and sit down. That was great. Imagine what it would have been like. Now, we know from Scripture that there are a innumerable multitude in the heavens. We know that. I don't know how many were there, but I kind of have a feeling that they were just sort of itching for the angel to finish saying what he was going to say so we could just start to proclaim what was going on. And so he says, you're going to find him. He's going to be in a in a manger. And then it says, suddenly, it's like, you ever been to a surprise party, you know, and everybody's crouched down behind the couch and you're just waiting, you're waiting for that door to open. So you all jump up and yell, surprise, you know, Adam. that's how I imagine these angels were. As soon as they said, this is where you're going to find them. And they just jumped out and they started praising God. And they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill. And I want you to notice here, the statement that they make that is so powerful It reminds us of a few things. First of all, it reminds us that the birth of Jesus Christ brings glory to God. His birth brings glory to God as well. It talks about the fact that those that receive the gift, or he says it brings the glory of God as well, it reminds us to focus our praise on the one who set the events in motion, which was God the Father himself, the one who controls all things in the earth. The other thing that I believe this teaches us is that those who receive the gift of the Messiah as well will receive eternal peace with God. Notice there in the verse how he says, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. What we need to understand, that this is not talking about uh, peace from wars, okay? This does not mean that, oh, you know, there's not gonna be any conflict on this life because if that was what the verse was saying, then Jesus did not fulfill what he said he was gonna fulfill. Because there's conflict and there's wars all throughout this, this world, of course. What this verse is talking about is the fact that to those who put their faith and trust in the creator the reason the one who came the messiah the reason that he came you put your faith and trust in him you then will receive peace with god you receive with the one who is glo- who glory is to be brought to specifically it's talking about peace that comes through the acceptance of the gift of salvation that is available through jesus christ romans chapter 5 verse 1 teaches us being justified that means just as if we never sinned we are justified by faith we have peace with god How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, if you're saved here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you have experienced the peace that the angels are talking about right here. If you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you have not, and you are not experiencing true peace with God. And I wanna tell you, it is available to you today. It's available to you today. Well, as soon as it began, it was over, and we come to verse number 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away. And I think it was probably just as fast as they arrived. It's like, just gone, you know, the lights are out. It says that the shepherds said one to another, what was that? No, they said this, let us now. I think that's probably what they said first, probably. And then they said now, well, hey, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Notice they knew who it came from. You see that? They weren't wondering about, man, what did we eat last night? Or did you see what I saw? No, they knew it was the Lord here. And it says, The Lord have made it known to us, and they came with haste. That means they hurried and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, just as the angel said. So the sky is dark. They sit in silence. I don't know who the first one was, but he says, let's go find this baby. And so they go there into Bethlehem. And I don't know if they went stable to stable. They probably would have known where most of them were. Uh, This was not a massive town by any stretch of the imagination, but going around and checking and checking, they knew what they were looking for. And finally they found Mary and Joseph and the baby there in the manger. Imagine these rough shepherds out uh, probably still not smelling the greatest from birthing lambs and out living and and living out in the fields for weeks at a time, come rushing in, and there they find the Savior wrapped up and laying in this in this manger. Here, I think it was a really holy moment at that time, a life changing moment for those shepherds. I think for Mary and Joseph, it was a confirmation from God that in fact this was. You gotta, you gotta, think. Just put yourself again. I, I, it's good to really think about the, think about Mary and Joseph. They had heard from the angel months before, but now what had been prophesied had happened. But as far as we know, up until this point, there was no other confirmation that this truly was the Messiah. I don't know if Mary and Joseph were there in the manger and just wondering, like, like I, I talked to an angel. You talked to an angel. I thought maybe he'd be glowing or something, you know, like, well, how do we know for sure this is, and then to have these shepherds show up and be like, this is the one, we just heard about it from the angels. That would have been a great confirmation to them, a great encouragement to them. I'm so glad that, that God often does that in our life. He confirms things to us. He, he speaks to us in so many different ways. But these shepherds obeyed God and went to see what the angels said but really the focus of the message I want us to see in the next few verses, beginning in verse number 17, really just, I think, the big thought for today. It says, and when they had seen it, so they saw the baby, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This is where I get the idea from that it was a confirmation for her. She was seeing God working in this situation. It says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So the shepherds here have a very unique response to discovering the Christ child, to discovering the Messiah. And this is what I wanna encourage our hearts with this morning here, because what we see them doing is that they go out, and they tell other people about what they've experienced. Do you see that there? In verse number 17, it says, when they seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. What does it mean to be make known abroad? That means they went out and they spread the word about what they had just seen. And the big thought for us this morning that I want you to get, if, if you write anything down today, get this one thing, and it is this. The evidence of a truly saved person is their desire to tell others about what they have experienced the evidence that somebody is truly born again is that their response to the greatness of God, the response to the salvation that is found through Jesus Christ is that they're willing to go and tell other people. Do you know what my main topic of discussion was from late 1992 to 1993? Do you know what I talked about the most as a nine and 10 year old kid? Rollerblading, did you know? (laughs) That's what I did or extreme inline skating. That's what, you know, that was what the cool kids called it rollerblading. That's what I talked about. It's it's all I wanted to talk about. In fact, it's all I wanted to do. And guess what? It was what I encouraged other people to do. You need to get some blades, bro. That's what we call them, blades. You need some blades. You can play uh, street hockey and you can do all this stuff. And I would try to encourage people, this is what you should do. This is what you need to do. And I want to tell you this morning, it should be that way with Jesus as well. See, church, it should be that way when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. As a as a believer or somebody who's experienced the free gift of salvation, a gift that has no strings attached to it all whatsoever, eternal life, a secured eternity, I should allow that experience to change and to motivate me to tell others about what I have experienced as well. We must be like the disciples in the early church who daily, it tells us, ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. See, these shepherds are a great example to us this morning because when they were confronted with the good news, when they saw it, they believed what the angel said, they went and they experienced it for themselves, and then they went out and they began to tell other people about this good news. So my question for us this morning is, what is your response to the gift of Jesus Christ? What is your response when it comes to this miracle of the Messiah coming to this earth for us? I find that too often as believers, we become very apathetic towards the gift of Jesus Christ. We become very apathetic to the strength that is found in a relationship with him, in the life change that has taken place in us. You know, it's so amazing when you're around a new Christian that's just uh, gotten saved and their enthusiasm and they're just so fired up about it, you know, and man, I love the Lord and they just want to grow and see things happen. And it's infectious to be around somebody like that. But the sad thing is, is that often, even sometimes after a few months or a year or several years or a decade of being a Christian, we soon lose that joy, don't we? We lose that enthusiasm, we don't respond as we once did to the miracle, the miracle of our salvation. It is a miracle, church. And I want to be reminded this morning by these, by these shepherds that heard the word, they, they got the truth, and they went out, and they told people about it. It changed their lives. But yet for us, we become so just apathetic to it. We 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 don't even uh, put things that are that God declares important as important in our own lives, and and it really spirals out. And really, this is what I believe it comes down to. When we don't put the things of God first place, is because we truly aren't living in a Christ like response to the salvation that's been given to us. When we don't elevate the things that God wants us to focus on and, and be faithful in, when we make them a second place in our life, it's often because we simply have become apathetic apathetic to what God has done for us. I wonder when was the last time you responded like these shepherds? Let's be frank, church family, when was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? When was the last time you invited somebody to church? When was the last time that you just told somebody in your workplace, you know what, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian and it affects me in a a unique way. Too often as Christians, we respond as if we don't know Christ. But yet these shepherds give us a great reminder that the evidence of a truly redeemed person is that they desire to tell and to share and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's really my big challenge for us today is that we would be people who take the gospel message. We know verses like John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we know these verses and we recognize them. Uh, verses like First John four nine that says, "In this was manifested or revealed the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him." Verses like Romans six twenty three, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord." Romans ten thirteen, "For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." Listen, we know these things, don't we? We know these things, but do they affect us like this message? to the shepherds. All I had to say with the shepherds is, listen, the Messiah has come. He's here. And it transformed them. It transformed them. We have such wealth in the word of God today, but we're so just apathetic towards it. Just like, eh, Eh, it's Christmas. Yeah, we know we talk about Jesus being born, but I got my own things that I'm focused on. I got got my own stuff that I want to do. Listen, church, the response should be, should be, a response of joy and thankfulness and a desire to share Christ with others. So I wanna challenge you with that today. Man, it's been a challenge to my heart because so often during the season, we become so inward, we become so focused on what we're doing, what we wanna accomplish, what we wanna buy, what we wanna earn, whatever, whatever it is that we're focused on. I'll tell you what, but anything that takes your focus off of Jesus Christ and puts it on this world and puts it on ourselves, it's not, it's not right. It's not right. And so from the shepherds today, what do we learn? We learn that the gift desires a response. The gift, you could almost say, demands a response, especially those of us that truly know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you don't, and I would say this, if you do not know Jesus today, would you accept his gift of salvation? It is a free gift. As Romans six twenty three tells us, it is a gift that is given to us. We know in scripture that it's not works of righteousness that we have done, but it's because of his mercy, he has saved us. And so I want to tell you today, if you're trusting in good works, if you're trusting in, in, uh, in what it is that you think you can do on this earth to earn salvation, it's not going to do anything for you. You have to trust and place your faith in Jesus Christ. It's our faith that justifies us through him, through Jesus, as we read in Romans chapter five. And so if you're not saved, I would encourage you, please accept Christ today. But for those of you that are saved today, Christian today, would you let the truth of the gift affect your life, impact you? Not only in sharing the gospel with others, and, and I, I believe that flows into a life that brings honor to God. In our decisions, in our actions, that brings honor to the Lord as well. But I want to encourage all of us as we head into this week of Christmas that we are going to be looking forward to giving and receiving gifts. But we got to remember that Jesus is the greatest gift, and it elicits and should elicit the greatest response. And maybe even parents to this, this week, parents, as you sit there and you sit and you watch your kids kind of freak out a little bit over a present. <laughs> I hope they do. I hope that they'll be excited over those socks, you know, or whatever it is. Apparently that's all we're getting. Sorry, Maximus, that's all you're getting. But whatever it is that you got your kids and, and especially those of you parents, you, and maybe those of you, you got a friend and you, you've been saving up and you bought them something that they really wanted. And, and you're excited about to see their response. Maybe just, maybe, I hope. I hope that you would just see that and just be kind of triggered in your mind a little bit, okay, this is how I need to respond to the gift of Jesus Christ. It is okay for us to respond with joy and giving God glory. But as we learn from the angels, we can respond by sharing him with others. Our response to the gift can quite honestly make a difference in somebody else's life for eternity. You know, I've been praying over our community lately and just this neighborhood that God has given to us and it's a, it's a great privilege that God would allow us to be in this place, but besides the building and everything else, the privilege of reaching a new community, a new neighborhood with the gospel. I was talking with somebody recently about, um, I'll tell you this, so I was talking with somebody in our neighborhood, in the in Hastings Sunrise neighborhood, and I mentioned that I pastor City Baptist, and they said, oh, is that the one in the tap dance studio? And I was like, we were, <laughs> And it reminded me of something, and I had a chance to talk to him, but here's what it reminded me of. Remember all the work and the effort and the the focus of that neighborhood that we put in to build that name where people knew who we were and knew knew where to find us. And I was just reminded again that God has given us that same privilege to reproduce here in this community, in this neighborhood. But listen, unless we have a joy over the gift ourselves, it's just going to be a struggle. This is going to be a struggle. And, you know, we're heading into a new year together and a new year, I believe, of great opportunity, a new year of just unimaginable opportunities from God. And I really believe that with all of my heart. I have faith. But it's going to take us as a church collectively just reveling in the joy of our salvation and the gift that God has given to us and being willing to share it with other people. But it starts with us. It starts with us. It starts with you today. It needs to begin in your heart They always say revival starts in the heart, it starts in the individual, not in the, the collective group. It starts in us first, and that's what can be caught. That's what can be passed around and encouraged. And so today I wanna just ask you, what is your response to the gift
0: of Jesus Christ? Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed today. Well, we do wanna thank you so much for tuning into the message today. And if it's been a help and encouragement to you in any way, Uh, we would ask that you share the podcast. You can easily do that on either social media or maybe just uh, text the link to a friend. But like I said, it's our mission to help others find and follow Jesus here in Vancouver, uh, all across Canada and even around the world. And so you sharing the message today can really contribute towards that. Also, we would love for you to make a connection with us if you haven't already. And so the two best ways to do that is either by liking our Facebook page, that's City Baptist Church, or following our Instagram account, Van City Baptist. And of course, you can check out our website at citybaptist.ca. We do have all of our past sermon series on there available for you to stream, uh, past services, uh, worship, and just lots of other content and resources there to encourage you and strengthen you in your walk with God. But once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. We are looking forward to next week's message. We love you. We're praying for you. And we're here for you.